Beacon Drive-In Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your engine. Fox Sports 1498.3 FM presents Start Your Engines. Here's your race team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Track reporter and racing insider, Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines. Racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. Good morning, and welcome to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg, and we're uh, coming to you live from the Beacon Drive-In Studios. Now, we're uh, winging it again here this morning with two microphones and three or four people. I'm not hearing myself very well. Does everything look okay to you? Everything looks good, sir. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Maybe I need to turn it up over here. There we go. Now, now we're good, Perry. How you doing this morning, Greg? Loving this weather. It's so nice to see sunshine, but it seems like we see it a couple of times. And loving the weather, football weather or whatever, it's good weather. Football weather? Well, I know I'm missing by, by about six months. Nah, you're about six months off there. I'd call, it, uh, I'd call it baseball weather, if anything, cutting the grass weather. How you doing over there, Alan? Doing good, sir. You are? Glad to see the sun shining today compared to last Saturday. We had rain all day, and most of our races got rained out. So it looks like we're going to be ready to go this afternoon. Well, that's what I was. Uh, that's what I was going to say. You had a. Did you get over there and hang around for a while, or did you, you didn't even go? No, we didn't even go. They called the race early, uh, but looked like we was going to have a good race because they done canceled out at Harris, uh, Lawrence, and Lancaster about twelve o'clock, and them boys. Had, I think them boys had kind of promised that they'd show up at Cherokee so they kept Cherokee, they kept plying the racetrack in, trying to get the, get the racetrack right first to race on, but eventually after that last rain, about four thirty-five o'clock, they finally had to call the race. That did it, huh? Yep. Kind of did it in. Well, we uh, hopefully all the tracks will be operating this morning, or, or this today, this afternoon, and should be, uh, should be no problem with the weather. Greg, you, uh, what only thing I was wondering, they're gonna be, you're gonna have good weather, good track today. Now, are you and Danny gonna go down there and accidentally win? Anytime he wins, he says it's by accident. We accidentally win. Well, every time you uh, get out there on that racetrack, you know everything can go wrong. Oh no, about not about it. Seems like a whole lot of the other stuff don't go wrong. You and Danny, but anyway, I'm, well, I'm glad for the weather. We need the, the big events. And we love them, and uh, we're fortunate enough to have somebody here in the studio that does him and his son-in-law do real well. Yeah. Greg, uh, you got us a good guest today coming on at 1020. This is this is one of my favorite guests of the year. Well, we, we're fortunate enough that, uh, that we got Dr. Jerry Punch. Uh, he has a real busy schedule, but he loves starchy engines. And uh, the super nice guy, and he always takes out time, usually about once a year, to talk our show and uh i'm sure he's got some insight on some things we might be questioning but it's super good guest yeah he is a good guest and uh he has got such a a great history with the sport i'm uh i'm not sure where he's working now you know i mean he is a busy person with with his personal life as as we all are but 
you know, uh, NBC took over um, the Indianapolis 500 and the IndyCar races, which is what he was working with ESPN and then later ABC for a year. So uh, I tell you, watching Indy is uh, not going to be the same without Dr. Punch there. But we'll find out all about that later and whatever he's doing, even if he's just uh, making house calls again. <laughs> I don't know if he ever did that, but he is such a he's yeah. such a great guest and he has such a uh, – from. A, from a race driver himself to a, being a physician to his on air and in football, basketball, and auto racing, you know, Jerry Punch can do it all, and we'll have him at 1020. Yeah, on the statement, I was going to say, you know, it's, you, you use the term doctor. You know, if you're a smart person in the influence, he is a, he's a doctor that can work on you. He's a full fledged, like. Yeah, he's a physician. He, yeah. He is a real full fledged physician. Yeah. So, anyway, why he wants to fool with. This stuff, I get, he just does it out of the goodness of his heart and love racing. Well, he loves racing. He's from Hickory. How, how could you not? That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, plus, we also want to, uh, and we're gonna, I'm going to call this celebrating. It's not a, we're not going to be mournful or sad about this at all, but it, it will be one year ago tomorrow that we lost James Hilton and his son Tweedy in a tragic auto accident on I-85 coming back from, uh, uh, or, or was it I-20? Coming back from Talladega, I think it was I twenty. But we want to talk about the good things about James Hilton. I know. I'll just say this much: Greg and I had finished doing the show, and we always go out to eat after the show. And and I'm pulling up pretty close to his driveway when we got a phone call last year from uh, Dale Wilkerson, who of course did dropping the hammer here for years and and got me started in Spartanburg on the radio. He and Greg and asked if we had heard anything about James Hilton being. Uh, killed in an auto accident and I remember Greg and I were stunned and my daughter Hannah who was always uh, you know she's a typical teenager she's always on her phone uh, I called and asked her after I dropped Greg off and she hadn't heard anything about it and it took me five minutes to get home and by that time you know the whole it was all over the internet no the whole world knew it so you know, a lot of things, you remember where you were when you found something out, and, and that's mine for James Hilton. But I, I don't want to be, and, and Tweety, I don't ever ever want to forget him either. But um, that was a year ago tomorrow. Of course, they had the Talladega race yesterday, uh, uh, the ARCA Talladega race yesterday that was won by Todd Gilliland. And, you know, we want to we celebrate James today. Um, Alan, I know you worked with him probably off and on or, or saw him in the garage area. And the pit road. Uh, you got a James Hilton story for us? Well, we... Pull that, uh, pull that mic on in front of you. Okay. I just got to swing it back and forth. Well, uh, we uh, kind of worked there in the garage area a little bit. Kind of seen him and Joe Frazon. And don't get me wrong. We all joked and laughed and stuff like that. And if you were around Joe Frazon, you joked and laughed. Oh, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, everybody looks at, you know, racing takes up a good part of your life. But whenever you can sit there and have a good time while you're there... I mean, it, it makes it short. People don't realize how much part of racing takes up in somebody's life. But whenever you can do it, and like you said, his boy was there with him, you know, I mean, I, I couldn't think of nothing no better right then, you know, to have your boy and stuff. But I don't know if Greg was there, but I don't know. At one time, I think him and Joe had a, a bet about something about being the first one on the trailer and i think this was one of them deals of you know when you start to race you you'd run about five or six laps and then you'd come on in well they kind of had a bet on the side about who would be the first one on the trailer 
and they dropped their green flag, and I think it was at Talladega. And all of a sudden, here come Hilton up. Whenever they went by the start-finish line, you know, start-and-finish line was right there at the end of Pit Road. Here he come up Pit Road backwards and went to his trailer and already had the ramps down and got his car up on the trailer, and he said, I've won that bet. <laughs> you mean he went up the Pit Road the wrong way? Alan, Alan is 100% correct on that. It, it, it was strange, but like I say, you, you've got to have enough cars out there. Like Bill Frank Sr. told Daddy, he said, look, you guys got to have somebody to pass. Well, lots of times they were asked to bring cars that wasn't really ready for and everything to start the race. And uh, don't get me wrong, James Hilton and Joe Frazier are very competitive people and everything. But that's a situation where it was a rush job for them to get down there and... They were doing it for the love of race and love of NASCAR, and uh, that what I ain't gonna need to say no more about it. But that, that Allen's highly accurate about that. And this day and time, I don't think you get away with nothing anywhere close. Well, but back then, you still had a heck of a show, a better show going on. But you know, you had to have cars out there, and that was just the case where they had two cars that wasn't really prepared to be there, but they were dedicated to France and NASCAR. Well, James Hilton, um, he was active and in the sport until he was 84 years old. You know, and that was, uh, that was a long time. He ran, excuse me, in uh, what is now Monster Energy Cup, Grand National and everything. He ran 602 races, and he was the 1966 uh, NASCAR Rookie of the Year. But one of the things that's always amazed me, and, and this is this is mind-boggling, and I, and I mention it a lot when we talk about James. But when he first started running, you know, seriously uh, in 1966 when he won Rookie of the Year, listen to these points finishes for James Hilton. I mean, this this is un- to me it's unbelievable, and and nobody's done it again since. <coughs> Excuse me. 1966, second. 1967, second. 1968, seventh. 1969, third. 1970, third. 1971, second. 1972, third. 1973, fourth. 1974, had a rough year, only finished 11th, which is pretty good. And 1975, third. I mean, that's unbelievable. And the thing about James is, He'd get ticked off sometime at what was going on, and, and, and he would park it early. Uh, happened at Asheville one time when um, when he was in a, a hot point battle with Richard Petty, and and he just got fed up with whatever was going on with NASCAR. I think it was the prize money and you know going up there and racing for nothing. He put it on the trailer and came back to Inman and gave away points. I mean, James Hilton could have, with a break here or there, definitely could have won more than two races. And the race he did win at Talladega, he led 106 of 188 laps. So don't, I don't, I've heard people say, well, there was a big wreck in that race. Uh, no, there wasn't a big wreck in that race. There wasn't. James Hilton beat him that day, fair and square. Alan, you look like you got something to say. Yeah. And think about it before then, they didn't have him restrictor plates and stuff like it. It was just a full motor. You come down there and you run it. Yeah. And he was uh, um, in a race long. Just swing it over there, Greg. Go ahead. <laughs> Y'all go have to swing anyway, that back and forth. And don't, all I was going to say. Don't be shy about it. We know, we know that James 
was so consistent. He started out as a mechanic with a top team. He knew how to work on a car and everything. As soon as he hopped in a car, he won rookie of the year. James Hilton could run up front. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, he proves a lot of things. And he should have won a lot more races than he did. But he'd run second to Richard Petty or, 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 or one of them like that. And that's like you say, had that race won. And because of – so James was not, Hilton was not only competitive. He, he gave probably as much to the sport than he ever took. I don't think he took anything to sport except gave. And he could drive that race car. He could drive the race car. And he uh... – when, when he started, actually, he was more or less a protege of Rex White. And Rex White was, um, of course, uh, moved to Spartanburg from uh, Maryland and, uh, and had been racing down in Florida. And Rex was a protege of Frankie Snyder. So it was like Snyder brought Rex along and Rex brought James along. And when Rex uh, moved to Spartanburg, he said... Uh, James, you want to come up there with me? You got like a day to make up your mind. And, and J- James, from what he told me, he said, well, I, I was packed in, a, in about six hours ready to go. And he came up here and, uh, of course, he got hooked up with Bondi Long and Ned Jarrett and was a crew chief for Ned when Ned won the championship in 65. And then a uh, famous story that he told me was that he was uh, his, his first race or second race, they take. Take, took one of Ned's cars and made a, a the first one on number 11 into a 7, you know, with some tape, which was easy to do. So he, he started out as number 71, and he uh, said, well, I'm, gonna, I'm tired of Ned making me come in and stop. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay out there. I'm going to come in and get some gas. And I don't know what track it was at, but he came in to get gas, and uh, Ned had a locking gas cap on the car. <laughs> and he couldn't get any gas. Uh, that's great. And I just want to say one thing. Go ahead. We got two hours. Yeah, uh, the thing that tickled me, but they're so fond of memories, but they're disturbing. But I can't tell you how many times that James, like you say, after sixty six, sixty seven, that when he started driving, that him and and his wife Evelyn and Tweety, we'd be sitting in the car together. You know what I'm saying? Down in four turn at Darnton and stuff listening to it on the radio, and like I say, I felt like I, I growed up with those people. You well, know, you did. I did, <laughs> and and I can tell you, it was, it, it was very good moments, and uh, James is one of them people, like I say, drive the heck out of a race car. He was from Spartanburg, dedicated. People joke about things, this, that, and whatever. James Hilton wasn't no joke. Well, let, let me correct you just a little bit now. James was from up around Roanoke. Well, he lived in Inma, but he was from Roanoke, Virginia area. That's correct. Up in the up in Curtis Turner country, and Curtis Turner was James's hero when James was growing up. Um, so, you know that was that was sort of how the chronology of that went. James uh, told me uh, I, I wrote a book about independence, and I'm not here a to sell book. a book. That yeah, but. Um, James is on the cover, and he was the last chapter. And when I wrote it, James was still driving. And, um, you know, he he had so many great stories, and they're all in the book. But, you know, I'm going to say this, and, and then we'll have to go to our first break and come back with Dr. Punch. I think the greatest compliment, one of the greatest compliments I've ever been paid by anybody, and I, I, I've mentioned this on the air before, and I'm going to mention it again right now. 
I went up. I used to go up there every once in a while just to see James. You know, just drive up, uh, drive up to Inman, and he almost ninety nine percent of the time was out there in his shop. Him and Tweety, maybe some other uh, others. But I pulled up there one time, and he he was standing there where he could see me drive up. Probably didn't know who I was, uh, recognized the car. But when I got out of the car, got out of the car and went walking up to him, I will never forget this to the day I die. He said. Well, there's that old racer. And I'm thinking to myself, man, alive. James Hilton just called me a racer. He's a racer. I, mean, I, I wrote a book or two. I'm a fan. I am not a racer. But for James Hilton to say that to me, uh, that had to be 10, 10 years ago now. I, I just, I'll never forget that as long as I live. And it was a, it was a great thing. Yeah. And I'll, that's, that's, my, that's a big compliment, a compliment as you can give me. Well, that's what he was doing. And I can assure you. James Hilton owed Perry Wood. Well, anyway, i got a lot of James Hilton stories we can tell. i got a few more. and uh, But right now, we're going to take our first break. If I can pull this off, it'll be a miracle. We're going <laughs> to we're gonna take a break right now and come back with Dr. Jerry Punch. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Want to talk racing with the guys? Call the Sign Force Hotline now at 864-468-1400. Start Your Engine returns in a moment on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. Jerry, the Beacon opened back in 1946. How many years have we been serving great food at great prices? Hey, plant day. Seventy years? How many folks are we still serving every week? Hey, plant day. Well, like you always say, I like my job, but I love my customers. But can you say something other than a plant day? Oh, Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John White Boulevard in Spartanburg, where the food is still always good since 1946. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Hey everyone, this is Tyler Sugar. And I'm Mitch. Join us for Spartanburg's only locally produced morning show, Bump and Run, every weekday morning from 7 to 9. I'll have your overnight scores and updates on the somewhat famous score days. High schools, Carolina, Clemson, we cover sports like nobody else in our area. Bump and Run, weekday mornings at 7 on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. Every now and then, we need to get away and relax. And there's no better way than spending time at the lake. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, South Carolina is the perfect place to decompress at Watery Lake RV in Enjoy full hookups, a bathhouse, bar and grill, and a boat ramp marina with ethanol-free gas. Hookups available on nightly, weekly, or monthly. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, where families get away. Mention Fox Sports 1400 and get 5% off your stay up to three days. Call 803-273-3013. Are you sick of all the cookie-cutter, boring barbershops? If so, you need to visit the Ironspur Barber Company in Hillcrest Shopping Center. At the Ironspur Barber Company, professionalism and customer service is their top priority. Owner A.J. West makes sure that every customer gets exactly the haircut they 
want when they sit in his chair. So if you want to get your hair cut like you like it and in a fun man cave-like environment, then give AJ a call at 864-466-5289. The Ironsburg Barber Company offers military and first responder discounts, and everyone is always welcome, even Clemson fans. First-time visitors, mention this ad and get $5 off. Call for an appointment today at 466-5289. Hi, this is your host, Perry Allen Wood. For the latest in auto racing, join us for Start Your Engines, Saturday mornings at 10 here on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Welcome back to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg, and we're having just a, a tiny little bit of trouble getting James on the phone. We'll, um, uh, James, listen to me. That would be long distance. Uh, getting Dr. Punch on the phone and uh, have uh, one of our, one of the boys here working on it for me. So we'll uh, we'll have him right away. Uh, you look like you've got something to say, Alan. Oh, yeah. You know, Jerry had been in this NASCAR racing, been on TV for I don't know how long, and like you said, for people like it, just dedicate most of their time to this sport and stuff like that. We have a lot of people that does this for, you know, just for racing. And people just don't realize, like I said, how much time it takes. You're right out. Swing that microphone over there, Greg. Don't be shy. It it takes a ton of time. And all we're having is technical difficulties. Well, we got one microphone and two people over here, and they, they... just just yank it back and forth. We greased well, it up. You can't even hardly hear it anymore. That's cool. <laughs> so, we'll do it. so just don't be shy about it. But uh, Yeah, Dr. Punch, he, matter of fact, he done contacted me waiting on us to call, but we're having trouble getting through. But <laughs> it's going to happen here in a few minutes. Yeah, we, we, got, we, got, uh, we got two hours. or Well, now we're down to about a, an hour and 35 minutes, but we'll get him on here. Um, in the meantime... Uh, I could touch on some other things that are going on today. Of course, uh, we got the Xfinity race at uh, Talladega, which is the Money Lion 300. That uh, qualifying has already started. It started at 10.10 on FS1, and the race will be at 1 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, Spencer Gallagher won this race last year. It's the only race he won. Uh, It's the only race he's ever won in the series, and... uh, Cole Custer uh, won the last race, and he's uh, that was his second win. So the Xfinity cars will be going this afternoon. Qualifying's right now, and then at 1 o'clock is the race. Um, the truck series is still off until next week. They'll be back for the Jags 200 at uh, Dover on May the 3rd. Tonight, or, or actually this afternoon, um, we've got, we already had qualifying. It's probably going on now on ESPN2 for the Formula One Azerbaijan Grand Prix, which is in Baku, Azerbaijan. So hop out, get out your map and see where that is. But the race itself is a a respectable 8 o'clock tomorrow morning on ESPN2. So you can can go with uh, the Formula One Grand Prix and, and take a break. And watch the uh, Indy, uh, not the Indy, the, the Talladega race. Indy is off this week. They don't race again until they show up at the Speedway. And, you know, May the 11th, they uh, run on the road course. So they've started running on that road course to, uh, you know, they used to be at Indianapolis the whole month of May. You showed up May 1st and there was a big deal about who was the first on the track and all of this stuff. But they've cut qualifying and practice and everything down to a week 
and they qualify on one weekend, and then the next the race is the next weekend. So, in order to make a more full month of May at the Speedway, they they started running this um, this Indianapolis car race on the road course. So that'll be May the eleventh, uh, two weeks from today. And we usually have somebody on from the Charlotte Dragway. We didn't this year, but they've got a lot of dragging going on at the uh, um, the four wide nationals up at the Concord um, Speedway there, right on the boulevard with uh, uh, Bruton Smith's name on it, the track. It's all right there together with the dirt track. It's the Z-Max Dragway, and they are going full-fledged all weekend. So uh, there's all sorts of other things going on with... Uh, to, to, to get your attention, and, and that's I think that's on television as well. Uh, let me look here. Um, well, I don't really see it, but I think it is. Uh, we've got Greg now. I think he may be talking to Dr. Punch on his cell phone, but we will uh, we'll get him on here in just a second. Yep. We, uh, like I said, we've still got a lot of this local racing starting going on this weekend. Uh, I think our Greer Dragway, they got their deal going, which we've had uh, Hank here last week, you know, talking about Greer Dragway. Uh, now we're going to have, also we're going to have some stuff going on out here at Cherokee Speedway tonight. Uh, also, we're going to be having Harris going tonight. We'll get on to this just a little bit later on, but last night we had some uh, racing going on at Traveler's Rest Speedway and also Gastonia Speedway, or which we call Carolina Speedway up there. Uh, if y'all want some results from TR last night, we're going to start out with stock four. We had Rod Tucker in the 8T car. Uh, Sika Crate Sportsman, first place, went to Lee Higdon in the 51 car. Thunder Bomber, we're going to go to Timmy Smith in the 6 car. Pure Stock. Nathan Pierce in the Showtime 7 car. Front wheel drive. Jamie Coggins in the 1 car. Thunder Bomber Futures. Will Williams in the 57 car. Renegade. We had a new winner in the Renegade division. His name is Michael Barbary. Wally Fowler finished second. In this division, we had a $500 bounty that was out on Wally Fowler, and Michael Barbary kind of stepped up to the plate. And got that five hundred dollars last night at Travelers Rest Speedway. Okay. So uh, we got Doctor Punch ready to go, and I'm going to bring him on here uh, right now. Doctor Punch, are you there? Okay. What am I doing wrong? Let's see. Tell Chris to come back in here for a second. Oh, Doctor Punch, are you there? I am here. Good there morning, you were. Guys. Thank you. No, it, that's uh, you're worth the wait. I tell you that. We have Dr. Jerry. <laughs> we have Dr. Jerry Punch with us here this morning, and I, I tell you, I say this every year, and it's true. You're my favorite guest of the year, and I'm sorry we got off to a ragged start there, but we got you now. That's and th- okay. Thanks for coming no on. Problem. Start Happy your to engine. Come on with you guys. So, uh, uh, what's going on up there? Are you in this is 704 area code? So I assume are you in Charlotte or Hickory or home or where? Uh, Actually, I'm in Tennessee. I'm in Tennessee today, so this morning. So uh, I kept my my 704 number because that's the one I've had for so long with all the the drivers and car owners and coaches and people that I know. So when I travel, even though I I shuffle around the country, I kept that phone number so I could uh, so people could reach me. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Doctor Bunch, 
And that's good that you do that because phone numbers can be real confusing. Uh, it's neat that you left that way to make yourself accessible to, to people like us. <laughs> but uh, I, I tell you, I still got a, I know this is fascinating radio, but I've still got a 305 Miami area code and I haven't lived there since 2000. Well, <laughs> I used to be yeah, a world work uh, exchange phone number, but yeah. not punch. It's amazing. It's amazing how we've shrunk the world with our with all the devices and social media and cell phones and everything that can happen. You know, cable television coming in the NASCAR. Remember back when we started doing NASCAR years ago, there was a, maybe a snippet on Wide World of Sports for twenty minutes, and and uh, and you saw the Indy Five Hundred every year in May. And other than that, you didn't see it. And now every channel you flip to. Uh, on cable or access or whatever has practice or qualifying or interviews or magazine shows, whatever going. So there's, I mean, you can see it all and that's good and bad. Good that you can see it all. It's bad and that you don't have to, you don't have to go buy a ticket, which sort of, which, which is, uh, another issue that develops. Dr. Pucher, let me, Greg, let me just while we're on this. Do you think though, because I remember having to watch the Southern 500 between the bull roping and the curling and things, but do you think that's had an, uh, as great as it is to have that access, do you think that's had an adverse effect that of maybe oversaturation? That it, there's so much on there, and of course with the technology and teenagers spending all day on their phone and stuff like that, uh, do, you, do you think that's had an effect where maybe it, the, the stands aren't as full and there's not the, the viewership has gone down as I think it's up a little bit this year, but you know it was tougher to watch before. But now it's so easy, maybe it's too easy. What do you think? Well, I think that's part of it. I think that has a lot to do with it. But uh, obviously the culture is changing. The young people aren't enamored with cars anymore. They don't know. Uh, nobody nobody tunes their car up. You can't with electronic ignition. No one changes the oil in their car. You know, why go out in the backyard and roll it up on ramps and get under it and do all that when you can go get it done for 20 bucks somewhere in 20 minutes? Uh, you know, all those things happen. So people don't have that love affair with the automobile like we grew up having and working on cars and building cars. But I think you're right. I think the, the advent of television access, the high-definition television, uh, all the cameras we're able to place inside cars, bumper, bumpers front and back, all the interviews, all those things you can get sitting in your own living room in the comfort of your own recliner. Uh, and if you want to go grab a soft drink or, or a sandwich, you can. That doesn't cost you anything extra. And so you it's can, a lot more convenient. And you can lot, pause you know, people, it. People, yeah. <laughs> It's a lot cheaper, and and you can watch whatever. And during a, during a, if there's a caution flag or the television goes to commercial, you can flip and catch a ball game score or whatever. So it's hard to do that at the racetrack. Now, granted, you and I both know, uh, we all know from being at the track all those years, there's something special you get by being there. I mean, going to Bristol or Martinsville or or Darlington or somewhere like that. It's just special the atmosphere of being there, and then you can watch what you want to watch on the racetrack. Whereas if you're sitting at home. Uh, the downside is you have to watch the battle that the television people put on the screen. Whereas if you're sitting in the stands, you can watch your favorite driver or you can watch what's happening on pit row and everybody else. So, yeah, but I think the convenience factor uh, and, and the cost factor, uh, quite honestly, has people sitting at home and, and watching it on television. Motel rooms, they kind of followed suit, too. That didn't exactly help. Dr. Punch did it. Yeah, I, I, I'm having a hard time hearing you, Greg. I, yeah, so, well, I, I have a hard time talking. I was just talking about that people like, well, what's, not all of them, but a lot of the uh, hotel people, accommodations, uh, they seem to really up their prices a lot. So that, that has effect on it, too. But like I say, like Perry was saying, and you were saying, 
I've seen these, these younger people got these phones that work so good and they got a football game on one thing. Then they're watching a race, you interviewing somebody race and, and two other things. They have the capability of doing that. But, uh, I guess one question we had, uh, uh, what's what's all going on at Indy? I mean, I mean, what's the deal with open wheel? Well, I think I think they they've um, they're really I think Indy car racing is really making a turn because uh, you know bringing Fernando Alonso and McLaren back and 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 adding three or four more teams and uh, for the full season uh, and then and then having. You know, uh, having the, uh, a young, you know, a young American driver, um, you know, and Colton Herta uh, win early in the year, the son of Brian Herta. So you got a young American winner, the American name back. Nothing against the guys that were have run over the years, and Elio Castroneves and and Scott Dixon. Uh, you know, but 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 having that recognition, sort of returning Indy back to the days when there was a Foyt there and an Unser there, uh, and I think that, you know, that that. That helps a lot. I think that they're doing some things with safety. They're control. The competition is really good. You know, I think they'll, the Indy 500 will be a great race again. And I think that they made some announcements in the last couple of days. In fact, yesterday about putting a, 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 a device on the front of the car in front of the cockpit to deflect debris to try to protect the driver's uh, face and head from flying debris. That'll, that'll go on the car in, in, in a couple of weeks. So they're doing a lot of things. I think they're really headed in the right direction. Do you think we'll have bumping this year? It looks like we've got uh, more than 33 cars. Uh, that That's a part of Indianapolis that uh, I have missed so much, that drama of that last couple of hours on Sunday. Oh, it, it's always one of my favorite times. Bump day, bubble day, bump day on that Sunday. And being there, calling those, doing those events and you know, standing up there with Roger Penske when he pulls all his cars out and decides to go back out and try to find speed, and the weather changes, and suddenly uh, the speed isn't there, and none of the Penske cars make the show when you walk down pit road with one of the icons in open-wheel racing on Sunday as the gun sounds at 6 o'clock, and none of his cars have made the race. Um, you know, that's just like, holy cow, how does that happen? Really? Um, you know, and, and uh, but that drama, uh, well, I think we'll be back. I think there'll be enough cars. I think there'll be... There'll be 36, maybe 37, possibly, depending upon some, some deals that are coming together. So I hopefully we'll see bumping. Uh, and qualifying is different a little bit this year, but I think we'll see that on the, on the final day. I hope so. I, I want to go back to one thing when we were talking about technology. And I don't know if you're aware of uh, a regular member of our crew here who actually was in the studio with us last week uh, for, for the show. And he's just a genius as far as we're concerned around here. And I think you probably have a, a, a history with him going back a while, and that's uh, Nelson Crozier. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, he's our, here's our he's our show's expert, and he in fact he'll have the twenty minutes that comes on right after you to the top of the hour. And uh, uh, we love Nelson. We had him in here last week, and he speaks very highly of you. In fact, he showed me a picture of you and he on pit road last week. Well, Nelson, we always called Nelson. You know, he had a lot of. A lot of nicknames. Mr. Wizard was one we always called him because Nelson Nelson could do anything. Nelson electronically was a genius. And he worked with me as a sort of a, you know, he helped me with on all of our pit uh, our shows in the pits. He was, uh, if, if my equipment broke, he could fix it even before the, the audio technicians could get there. And we'd be walking up and down pit road and someone would have a problem with a wiring harness. And I look around, Nelson would be over there re rewiring some of cars. I remember a number of times he'd be, in Bud Moore's pit, they're doing something with the with with the guys there. But a lot of teams called Nelson you know, because he was so smart. And Nelson, 
believe it or not, Nelson had one of the first first GPS units before they were ever out for telephones or anything, where he had this handheld device that was a GPS that uh, we'd get in the car and leave in Talladega, and it was a little dot, a black and white dot on the screen that would flash, and uh, and we wound our way through some back roads to the airport in Birmingham because of, of his wizardry. So, yeah, he's <laughs> one of my all-time favorite people in the world to work with. Great guy. Well, he's been a regular on this show even before I came on and uh, uh, several years ago, and we, we love him to death. Uh, he, he, he knows everything. He was on our show, and I said, well, what's the latest, Nelson? And he said, well, I think this coming Wednesday, uh, the series is going to be, uh, they're going to announce that it's going to be the Monster Energy uh, series. And I was like, you know, where did he come up with that? And I'll be dadgum if Wednesday it didn't happen. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Dr. Punch, while we've got you here, and uh, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. You know, we're trying to do a little celebration this morning of um, a driver and his son that we lost a year ago tomorrow coming back from Talladega, and that was James Hilton. And um, we love James. James was a great friend of the show. He came on anytime we ever asked him to. He would even call, call in or, or we'd get a hold of him on pit road, and you couldn't hardly hear him because of the cars going by but i'm sure you've had a lot of interactions with james over the years and maybe you could share something with us well i, I did and i thought the world of james hilton what a terrible tragedy for james and his son on that uh, on that accident coming back from talladega uh i was absolutely i just pulled over to the side of the road when i got the news uh you know i i ned jarrett was like my second father so so being around so ned and i were always talking about james and how proud ned was of what James had done. You know, James started as a, as a mechanic in 1960, and they won a championship with Rex White, and then he moved over uh, as a crew chief for Ned Jarrett and won a championship in 1965 with Ned, and he started driving in 1966 and won Rookie of the Year. So James, you know, from the time he was he was a successful crew, crew member, crew chief, and then driver, um, you know, I think he won three cup, cup races. He but, won two. He, he won Richmond and Talladega. Right, exactly. And as a three-time runner-up in the series, people don't realize that James came that close to winning a championship three different times. Right. But, you know, I, re- I just remember always walking around him in the garage. Uh, you know, in, in 2008, he was, the, he was the oldest driver ever to start and finish a race at Daytona. He was 73 years old in 2008. And he was the oldest driver to start a race in NASCAR, I think, in 1970, uh, in, in, at the age of 76, so uh, at Darlington. So, I mean, he's... He's like one of those guys that you just always believe that he's invincible, uh, that he's always going to be there because you always see James is always working on the car, always smiling, always walking up and giving you a big old pat on the back and, and stopping to talk and say hello. He's a throwback because he, he understands how hard it was to get there and appreciates the fans and the competitors. He loved it. He loved the sport. He lived the sport. And, and, uh, and what a tragedy. Uh, to lose him because I, I I believe James would have been around as long as his body would have allowed him to be there, uh, but just because he cared so much about stock car racing. Uh, I wrote a book on independence, and he's the last chapter, and in fact, he's on the cover, but the name of James's chapter is uh, The Ageless Wonder, and at the time I wrote it, he had uh, he was still racing. In fact, he was recovering from a broken leg at Rockingham that he'd reser- had, uh, had gotten in like the last ARCA race of the year, so James, I... <laughs> I don't think he had any intention of quitting, and Tweedy was right there at his side the whole time. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I just think you look at people like James or, you know, they're just a, there are just some people out there, Herschel McGriff or James Hilton, those people, Herschel on the West Coast, James on the East Coast, uh, 
that that we're going to do it. We're going to do it until you, you almost think that my kids, my grandkids are going to watch these guys race because they're going to keep doing it. They're going to be there forever. Um, Red and, Farmer. Uh, yeah, Red Farmer. Another prime example of that. People that were around, you know, that were going to be there for, for a long time. I, I just, you know, just just love being there. They love being there. You know, it's not easy. You know, if you're not in the in the top numbers in the cut garage, or you're in an arcade you're out there somewhere where you don't have a roof over your head, you're in the baking sun and the humidity and the bugs, and and you're 75 years old, you're still out there digging hard trying to get back uh, with equipment that probably shouldn't be able to run and, and use parts, but you just keep digging because you love it. It's just a passion. You know, it's like it's like us, me calling races or me being around a racetrack. It was a passion all those years to be there. Some people today say, well, my job is a, is a sportscaster. My job is to go to the races. I never said, I never said, Benny Parsons never said, Bob Jenkins, Nedger. We never said it was our job. We said it was our joy and our love to be able to go to the racetrack and stand in a booth or stand on pit road and talk to Greg Moore or Bud Moore or David Pearson or James Hilton. The people that we love as friends and, 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 and admire and respect, it was a joy for us to do that. And I think that's the way James Hilton looked at life and looked at racing was it was a joy. And you know what? I, I look at it the same way. Dale Earnhardt died at Daytona doing what he loved on the last lap of the race that he loved more than any other. And um, probably realizing that his son and his other and his car with Michael were going to finish one, too. James Hilton was on his way home from a race. And I take I take some consolation knowing that he the day before, the night before, there was joy in James's heart because he was at a racetrack. He wasn't sitting home. Uh he was at a racetrack doing what he loved. Benny Parsons, a few days before, weeks before he died, he was standing at, at, at Homestead Miami Speedway with me in the garage area. He had an oxygen cylinder on a little set of wheels beside him and was wearing wearing oxygen uh, mask while he was trying to talk to, to Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson. And Benny looked at me. I said, Benny, what are you doing here? And he said, Doc, this is my life. This is my love. What am I going to do, stay home to die? No, I'm going to do what I love to do. And that's what James Hilton was doing. I tell you, you couldn't have put it any better. And you talk about loving what you do and and how much you loved it. And, and Greg's also said he never worked a day in his life. But you can tell it through your broadcast that you love what you're doing. And I don't care if you're on the sidelines at the uh, at a football game or or a, a, in the booth calling a arc or uh, calling a, an Xfinity race or. Or on pit road in Gasoline Alley at Indianapolis, you could always tell that Jerry Punch loved what he was doing, and uh, I mean, I, I'd rather hear you than anybody. Oh, I, well, oh, you're I can very, say kind. I, I, very kind. I'm sitting here crying, and you can't. I can't talk too good. So, but everything you said, it, it, I couldn't. Nobody could have said it any better. I mean, I'm just, I'm just. Uh, I've never been the same since Daddy and everything, but I love the sport. But. Uh, you're great, but anyway, they got some some questions. I'm a little choked. Well, up. we about we about up, up against a break here, uh, Doctor Punch. Um, what is Doctor Punch? Are we going to see you on the air any place? I mean, I may not watch it if you're not going to be there. And I, <laughs> I, well, I, I won't be doing this. This will be my first year in 27 years not to do the Indy, Indy 500. The NBC took over. Uh, we had it for 54 years at ABC. I didn't do all 54. I did, I did half of them. Uh, and last year was our last year. But NBC has a contract, which is probably good for IndyCar to be able to get all of their races on one network, quite honestly. Uh, and, and and as opposed to having to have a few here and a few there, maybe they can build some momentum. they got to do things to build momentum. But I won't be at Indy uh, and for uh, to do the race. 
uh, and there's still some speculation as to what I'll do in the, in the year, next year or so uh, with regard to, to NASCAR and television, but uh, we'll see. But right now, there are no plans to be back on TV anytime soon. Well, Dr. Punch, you're a year younger than I am, and I'm not going anywhere, so uh, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> we need you in the sport. We need you on television and, and on radio. I mean, you know, I, I don't recall you doing a lot of radio, but hey, I'm doing radio, and I, and I love it, and it's it reaches millions of people and goes around the world, and and they the world needs Jerry Punch, Doctor Jerry. Well, you're Punch. very kind. You're very kind. It's an honor to be on with you guys, and and uh, be on with you and and my good buddy Greg. And and there aren't many people in in, in the sport that I that I cared more about and, and respected more than the Moore family. And Bud Moore was a hero to me for so many reasons. Not only, but not just what he did. With the incredible ingenuity of building cars and building the small block engines and taking and downsizing the Fords and all the people he drove his car, but he was a war hero. And I, I always knew sitting at a racetrack watching Bud Moore in his pits that there was nothing on that track, nothing on that race that they was going to intimidate him. Right this guy had been in combat. This guy had defended his country. So he worked in Bud Moore. He was going to Being able to come on with you guys and Greg. Is special to me as well. So I, I, I just wish you guys a great day. You talk to my buddy Nelson Crozier. Be sure to tell him that Doc Punch says hello. Well, he's on hold waiting for you to stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you talk to him then. Okay, guys. Hey, guys, have a great day. I appreciate it. Thank you, Dr. Punch. I appreciate it so much. And uh, and, and and thank you, too. Yeah, come on every year for us. And, uh, I will do that. Thank you. That's Dr. Jerry Punch. And good gracious, what a great guest he is. Now, I'm going to have to... Uh, Ask you now. How do I get Nelson? You you said he was on hold, but I don't see him. He must he must have uh, hung up. We'll get him back on the phone. Well, uh, do we have Nelson's phone number because we need to get. We ran a little long with Jerry because it took us a while to get him. Uh, we can do Jerry. We can do Nelson after the top of the hour. He doesn't have to be right now. Let's go ahead and get our breaks in, uh, and we will. Uh, we'll figure out what's going on. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Frank's for the Memories is a great hot dog place for lunch. Why Frank's for the Memories? Because hot dogs for the Memories just doesn't cut the mustard. Frank's for the Memories has more than great hot dogs. Enjoy a choice of four delicious bird dogs featuring a deep-fried chicken tender on a hot dog bun. Frank's for the Memories makes their homemade chili daily and has great signs like french fries, onion rings, and corn nuggets. Frank's for the Memories 468 Oak Grove Road next to Westview Elementary is open for lunch Monday through Saturday till 3.30 p.m. Frank's for the Memories. Lined in the gap, the right center to the track. He's to the wall. Another grand slam home run. Catch the Gamecocks in action on the diamond all season long. Did he catch that ball? He did. Swing and a miss. He got it. Swung on, line drive, face hit at the wall. He looks up. It's gone. And you can put spurs on this one. Right here on your home for South Carolina baseball. Spartanburg's home of the Gamecocks is Fox Sports 1400. Now on FM at 98.3. So what if your roommate, we'll call him Einstein, decides to microwave a metal bowl full of cookie dough and sets your apartment on fire? Yep, State Farm has an agent for that. See State Farm agent Cliff Gobert in Spartanburg for auto, renters, frankly, all kinds of insurance. Cliff's got your back. So call Cliff Gobert today at 597-1200. That's 597-1200. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Cliff Gobert, State Farm Insurance, East Main Street in Spartanburg. Summertime is almost here, and that means it's time to get those swimming pools ready for summertime fun. 
Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney has everything you need to get your pool ready to go. Phillips and Long sells pool chemicals and parts, and they're an Aquabrite chemical supplier. They also sell Aquabot automatic vacuums. Phillips and Long also offers professional pool service. If you are too busy to clean and maintain your pool, they can do it for you. Get your pool summer ready. Call Phillips and Long today at 461-8511. Like them on Facebook or stop by and see them at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. Throughout your life, you've worked hard to accumulate assets, to build wealth, and to provide for your family. You've built a comfortable life full of shared memories and experiences. Providing and protecting your loved ones is never more critical than when you aren't there to do so. While having a will is important, it's not the only way. That is why developing an estate plan can be the best thing you will ever do for them. Working with our estate planning experts, Trent Lancaster in the Spartanburg office of Janie Montgomery Scott can help you to design a customized estate plan that can protect and preserve your assets for the next generation. The sooner you begin, the sooner you can be at ease knowing that your loved ones will be provided for as you intended. Contact Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Chris Foster puts both his first and last name on his business, and that means something. Chris Foster Heating and Air has served Spartanburg for over a decade. If you need repair work or installation on any heating or air system for your home or business, need gas logs and major gas appliance work, or a water heater, or space heaters, call the guy that uses both his first and last names. Chris Foster Heating and Air at 707-2343. And because things can need repair at any time, there's no upcharge for nights, weekends, or holidays. Chris Foster Heating and Air, 707-2343. Calling all insomniacs. This is KB. I'm up late and I've got a show for you. Up Late with KB airs right here on Fox Sports 1400. Weeknights from 11 to 1. Maybe this is the show to help you fall asleep. Well, not exactly. Hope you like great music and rather urban sports talk often mixed together. It's Up Late with KB weeknights at 11 right here on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. This is Greer High Head Basketball Coach Greg Miller, and I want to tell you about a great new restaurant in downtown Greer. Iris Chicken is the place to go for great chicken. Their fried chicken is the best in the upstate, and they also have great chicken sandwiches and salads. All their sides are homemade, including their delicious mac and cheese and soon-to-be-famous fried grits. End your meal the right way with a piece or two of their mouth-watering bourbon pecan pie. Iris Chicken, South Main Street in Greer, across from the police department. Open Mondays through Saturdays, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. And check them out on Facebook, Instagram, and irischicken.com. Summertime is almost here, and that means it's time to get those swimming pools ready for summertime fun. Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney has everything you need to get your pool ready to go. Phillips and Long sells pool chemicals and parts, and they're an Aquabrite chemical supplier. They also sell Aquabot automatic vacuums. Phillips and Long also offers professional pool service. If you're too busy to clean and maintain your pool, they can do it for you. Get your pool summer ready. Call Phillips and Long today at 461-8511. Like them on Facebook or stop by and see them at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. Okay, welcome back to Start Your Engines, and we're uh, we're still working our way through this thing. What do you what do you got there? Uh, a few more details on the local scene for us, Alan. Yes, sir. We had uh, racing in Gastonia, which is Carolina Speedway. That's about probably about fifteen miles on the other side of the line of North Carolina. There last night, there we had uh, Seeker Thunder Bomber first place went to a Shannon Adams. 
uh, Hornets division, which is our extreme four at Gaffney, uh, Jonathan Surratt, who usually runs at Gaffney and runs good there. He messed around one up there at Carolina Speedway last night. Messed around in one, huh? Yeah, messed around <laughs> one. <laughs> we got the Blue Ridge late models, Brandon White in that 26W. Messed around and won another one. Seeker Modifieds, Matt Hope in the 28H. Thunder Bomber, Dylan Lacey, uh, number 19 car. Pro 4 Main went to Casey Towell in the 97 car. Renegade went to Andy Blackwood in the 59 car. Super Street went to Cole Gilliam in the 73 G car. Okay. We're going to get over here to some of our local racing here, which is going to be Harris tonight. Harris tonight, we got seven divisions racing. We got Renegade. We got Stock 8. We got Crate Sportsman. Crate Sportsman. Uh, all three of them divisions are going to be combined, and I heard they're going to pay $1,000 to the winner there. Pure Stock Division is going to be shootout race number one. The V6 front-wheel drive shootout race number one. Front-wheel drive, Young Guns, Thunder Bomber, Stock 4. Stock 4 is going to be shootout race number one, $600 to win. There will be no limited sportsman cars there tonight. They have uh, just let this division. I think we're going to let them try to come over here to Gaffney tonight. We got a big race over here at Gaffney scheduled for the autism race. Limited sportsmen is going to be paying fifteen fifty at Gaffney. So hopefully most of them cars that used to run up there at Harris will come on over here to Gaffney and race. The gates up here at Harris, they're going to open at 4 p.m. this afternoon. The grandstands will open at 5 p.m. Uh as cool as it is, wrap up real good because it's going to get a little cool up there next to that broad river. Yeah. Okay. Do you want me to go ahead and go on with this? Uh, yeah, we got about three more minutes. All right. Cherokee Speedway. We're going to have nine divisions racing there. It's going to be the third annual autism awareness race. We've got $1,550 in the limited sportsman race with a $300 bonus to a new winner. We got $1,300 to win in the 604 late models, $600 to win in Renegade Division, $800 to win Thunder Bomber, $800 to win in the 602 Crate Late Model, $1,550 to win again in the Crate Sportsman Division. Now, I think we talked last week about that $300 for the new winner, and you were going to try to make that not happen. Well, we still going to try to make that not happen. I, <laughs> I messed around had all week long. My wife looked at me, and she said, uh, you ain't got nothing to do to the car this week, do you? I said, oh, yeah, there's plenty to do to a Always. race car. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, also, we're going to have the stock four division there, extreme four division, and young guns. Gates will open at 4.30 p.m., Driver's meeting will be at 7 o'clock. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody for getting behind this uh, autism awareness race. It's a little special to me in a way. I'd like to also thank Scott Childers, Tony Adair for putting on this event. I'd like to also thank Jason Owens and his son Jay for preparing this racetrack. This racetrack will be super fast tonight, as cool as it's going to be. Moisture going to keep coming up out of that racetrack. So, uh, a lot of good racing going, going over at Gaffney Speedway tonight. And, of course, it's for a good cause that was rained out last week. Yes, sir. It was rained out last week. That's one thing about these uh, boys around here locally. They they kind of put on special events for, you know, our 
local charities and stuff like that. And we just can't say enough for these people. Well, I'm sure we're going to have a lot more of those as the summer wears on. And we're not, we're still over a month from summer. So uh, there's going to be a lot of charity events and uh, things attached to these races at different tracks. And um, we want to turn out for those and uh, do what we can to help. Yep. I'd like to get in a few more Texas right here. I just got an update. They said driver's meeting is going to be at 630 tonight. So I like for uh, like to thank these people for keeping me on my toes here on this phone. That's one thing about these updates on these phones. Uh, like I said, they're going to start this race just a little bit earlier tonight. So maybe we can get out of that racetrack just a little bit earlier. But you haven't learned to email yet. Uh, I don't you know. Still, about... You still got 89 unanswered emails on there like you did a couple of weeks ago? Yes, I do. <laughs> I don't know about my email address, stuff like that. I just now learned how to text in a way. Well, uh, uh, some people know it. You just don't know how to how to answer. But, I, you know, you keep that uh, you, you keep that that race car going, and I think they'll just text can wait. I'd like to... My engine man, he come down this week. I'd like to thank him. He come down this week. I know he's what? probably listening. What's he, his name? Big Red. We call him, uh, that's what we call him, Big Red at the racetrack. He rides around on a four-wheeler. He kind of like uh, Nelson at the racetrack. Any boy's got a problem with the race car or stuff like that, he's got his head up underneath that hood. He's he's adjusting carburetors and stuff like that. Can't thank him enough. He come down this week. Kind of went to, he looked at me and I, Come pick me up some parts to pick, build me a new, uh, new motor. Well, that's some great information, Alan. We'll get some more from you. And uh, if I'm reading this clock right, in about five seconds, we're going to go to a hard break. So we'll be back after the top of the hour. This is Start Your Engines. Your home for Presbyterian College Blue Host football is Fox Sports 1400. WSPG Spartan. Now on FM at 98.3. Frank's for the Memories is a great hot dog place for lunch. Why Frank's for the Memories? Because hot dogs for the Memories just doesn't cut the mustard. Frank's for the Memories has more than great hot dogs. Enjoy a choice of four delicious bird dogs featuring a deep fried chicken tender on a hot dog bun. Frank's for the Memories makes their homemade chili daily and has great signs like french fries, onion rings, and corn nuggets. Frank's for the Memories 468 Oak Grove Road next to Westview Elementary is open for lunch Monday through Saturday till 3.30 p.m. Thanks for the memories. Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit upstatelogistics.com. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust 
Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube. Asheville Highway in Inman. Throughout your life, you've worked hard to accumulate assets, to build wealth, and to provide for your family. You've built a comfortable life full of shared memories and experiences. Providing and protecting your loved ones is never more critical than when you aren't there to do so. While having a will is important, it's not the only way. That is why developing an estate plan can be the best thing you will ever do for them. Working with our estate planning experts, Trent Lancaster and the Spartanburg office of Janie Montgomery Scott can help you to design a customized estate plan that can protect and preserve your assets for the next generation. The sooner you begin, the sooner you can be at ease knowing that your loved ones will be provided for as you intended. Contact Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Live from the Beacon Drive-In Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your engine. Fox Sports 1498.3 FM presents Start Your Engines. Here's your race team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Track reporter and racing insider, Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines. Racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. And welcome back to Start Your Engines for the second hour. And before we get going too far here, we're waiting on Nelson Crozier to call back because we went a little long with Dr. Punch because it took us a minute to get Dr. Punch. Yeah. And, uh, but Nelson can't be too upset because I think most of that time uh, when Nelson was on hold, he was praising Nelson. I, I know you got to watch that ARCA race last night. I did watch the last... 50 laps, 40 laps. 50 laps of it, and then we turned it over and watched some of that full wide drag racing up there at Charlotte, which uh, them boys was having a hard time, but let's get back to that ARCA race. Yeah. That, the Gilliam boy that won that race. Todd you know, Gilliam. Gilliam. Todd Gilliam. He runs in the truck series, and you know, to see that boy get out of that race car last night as happy as he was to win a race because, you know, he's, but, he's getting a little pressure put on him in that truck series. And he's such an old man. Yeah, he's 18 years old. Goodness of living. And they kind of saying that you need, you need to step up to the plate in the truck series, but for that boy to drive a race like he drove yesterday, and them boys trying to gang up behind him and try to pass him, and he just sit right there, just never did make a mistake, and went on and won that race. It kind of, I think that boy got a good night's sleep last night. Well, I think he would have had to have made a mistake because they couldn't get coordinated they couldn't get lined up. They couldn't. Uh, two of them couldn't pull out at the same time. And they, uh, I could tell with about two laps to go, they weren't going to be able to pull this off. That was a bunch yeah. of young guys. And as I think the announcer said, you know, they never done this before. But there's an art to teaming up with somebody. And you know, sometimes when you pull out, then one of them changes his mind and won't go with you like the the, the trailing guy, and he'll hop in behind the leader and leave you hung out to dry. So you got to cooperate. And uh, to pass the leader. And they weren't even really close to pulling it off last night. And Gilliland didn't even have to do any blocking. He just he just cruised on home in that number four. And uh, I was happy for him. Yeah, 
I was too. You know, like you said, four, fifth, and sixth place guys back there started getting a little antsy, and they started trying to pull out. Whenever they pulled out, it kind of separated that pack away from the others. And uh, second and third, they just all they could do is sit there and ride. And we've talked about James Hilton a lot today, and we're going to talk about him some more. But um, Brad Smith is his old team, and it was it was in uh, James's colors it was the the bright red with a yellow 48s on it it was a chevrolet though which was surprised me a little bit because james of course he ditched the dodge for a ford a few years ago but uh that was a chevrolet and i don't know how uh how you can really connect it to james anymore except that's just the, the lineage of uh the number and uh james's last driver brad smith but i think he was a last i saw he got lapped with about eight laps to go and um was running Somewhere around 17th. I don't know if that's where he finished or not. It, would, it wasn't any better than that. But that was like an eight-car breakaway until they started lapping a pretty good bunch of cars there one time and uh, got it down to like five cars broke away. But they couldn't they couldn't get it together to, to pass. Yeah. You talking about Hilton? Uh, I'd, ha- I'd have to pick up my grand boy at school on Friday afternoons and on the way back down the road when the sun was shining, Hilton would have him doors up on them shops up there in Inman. And uh, you could see him in there just working away. And, you know, you you ride by his shop and look at the man in there doing what he enjoys all his life. You know, you can't you can't say enough about that. No, and he's... Uh, all right, we got Nelson on the line now, and we are going to go straight to him now. Nelson. Well, what is that? Nelson, you there? I'm here. What is that music? Are you in a dance hall or what? No, that's what's coming from your end, I think. Okay. <laughs> I wish I knew how it was coming from our end. Um, I don't know what to tell you. you want, can you call back one more time? Sure enough. I, I don't know where that's coming from, so uh, let's try it once more. That was weird. I... I never heard that, and if that's our music that uh, you have to listen to when you're on hold, we need some more music. I didn't know we had anything. All right, here here we come again. Let's try this one more time. Nelson, are you there? I'm here. Okay, I don't know what that was, but I'm glad it's gone. Um, I tell you what, I'm sorry that you had to come on a little bit later and call back in, but we had Jerry Punch on, and we had a little trouble getting him uh, lined up. But to your... Um, benefit while you were holding the first time he was praising you and i tell you what you don't have a bigger fan than jerry punch he uh he agrees that you're the genius we all think you are we worked together for a long time well i tell you it was uh a real pleasure to have you in spartanburg last weekend and to have you here in the studio i'm i'm sorry it was only a 50 minute show uh because we just had so much more we could have done with you and talked with you about but um you're welcome back anytime. So now we're at Talladega with a new rules package. And uh, I guess this is the first time it's really been used on one of these super speedways because they didn't use it at Daytona. So they're running this time with the, without the uh, restrictor plate and uh, with that new uh, that spacer, I guess is, is what I call it. Um, what do you think? How's it going? They're running 204 miles an hour yesterday. That was after they slowed them down a little bit. Well, I, t- I mean, they didn't slow them down much. 
No, uh, I was thinking going to see another change before uh, tomorrow. Uh, the teams are allowed up until race time uh, to change the gear, uh, gear ratio. Uh, so everybody's still playing with that. Uh, they put a one-inch wicker bill on top of the nine-inch uh, spoiler. So, uh, you know, they're trying things to slow them down a little bit, but they're scratching their heads. Well, now, is this an optional thing? Like, you can, if you want to put the wicker bill on the top of the spoiler, which is always was a like an Indy or a Grand Prix term to me, but if, if you put the wicker bill on top of the spoiler, does that allow you to take some other liberties with the gear ratio or you don't have to use the wicker bill if you don't want to or how does that work? you got to use the wicker bill but they're giving you an option on gear ratios because they were turning too much RPM and the edge guys were kind of concerned. Well, I know today uh, qualifying doesn't begin until 440 that's when it comes on television which will actually be 340 out in Alabama but it's uh, I don't know what the weather is out there. I know there's some Terrible weather moved through Alabama a few days ago. I, I, I shouldn't assume, but I, I guess it's probably nice and clear there now. Is that is that the case? Nice and clear, uh, and uh, uh, fortunately, uh, I had to change the plans and stay at home because I had a hundred foot tree come down that I'm dealing with this morning. Oh my goodness! And I well, driving home from Charlotte yesterday, I uh, left the office at four o'clock and just on the. Gastonia side of Belmont, two lanes of I-85 was closed for a huge street. It was uh, laying out in the middle of the road, and it had just happened. The fire trucks were just rolling up on it, and it was, uh, I would imagine, that called miles of backup by the time the 5 o'clock rush hour actually hit. Uh, we had a 78-mile-an-hour wind, so uh, you know, it was one of those microbursts or whatever, but we had... Uh, Waves breaking over the interstate from the lake. Good gracious. Well, it was windy, and I was in the office for most of it. I got home. I had a guy come out and clear my yard off uh, Thursday. <laughs> I guess I should have delayed him a day because it looks like nothing's been done. It's uh, it's strewn with limbs again. Let's uh, let's get our picks in right now while we can. And uh, we got two absentees. I don't know where Greg went, so I'll assign him somebody here in a minute. And um, Ronnie's off today. So, uh, Nelson, I'll give you first crack at it. Okay. I'm going out on a limb. I'm uh, going with Stenhouse. You know, uh, crash or win, I'll choose him for tomorrow. Well, you are on a limb. And uh, with all this, all the limbs laying in my yard, I hope, uh, I hope it's a strong limb. Alan, what you got? I think I'll go with the 12 car. It's about time for that board to break through. That's Ryan Blaney. And Ryan he's, uh, he, he, the thing about it, we could do an hour listing the people that won their first race at Talladega. So, I mean, this is really up for grabs. Any, anybody could win down there, I think. Who was it won a couple of years ago with the, the front row motorsports car? Um, 38. Yeah, the 38 or the 34. I can't remember which one it yep. was. But it got them into, it, it got them, uh, they didn't get them into chase. Uh, well, it did, but. That was uh, a, a real surprise winner, and we've had so many. I'm going to go with Keselowski. I mean, you know, he's got to win one sooner or later. Uh, Ronnie, Ronnie's not here, and um, maybe I shouldn't even pick him anybody. And Greg walked out. I'm going to I'm going to give Greg uh, the Wood Brothers car because, uh, and you know what? I'm going to give Ronnie. He used to always pick 88, so I'm going to give him Bowman because actually anybody can win at Talladega. So. Um, Nelson, what else is going on? Well, uh, 
at the last practice yesterday, they had 24 cars over 200 miles an hour. Man. So, uh, you know, they are very fast. Uh, you know, it's going to be conventional qualifying this afternoon. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to watch and see who goes fast. But, uh, you know, when the race starts, it's a whole different ball game. And we do have 40, uh, 40 cars, uh, uh, checked in, although we had, uh, 39 in final practice. Uh, and Stenhouse was the fastest with a 10 lap average. He averaged 10 laps at over 200 mile an hour, almost 201. Man. So, so what are they, I mean, was the purpose of doing away the restrictor plate and doing these other things, uh, to slow the cars down or was it, uh, no, a, a money-saving measure. No. Turn the restrictor plate upside down, turn the tapered spacer upside down, and you can't tell the difference. The tapered spacer keeps the fuel from puddling in the manifold when you're off throttle. So when you step back on it, you've got better throttle response. Uh, it's a little bit easier on the engine. Uh, but with the type of spacer they're using, uh, it gives them more horsepower than they had in the restriction plate last year. Well, is the uh, now the, aren't they running this new air duct that comes out um, around the front wheel or something to, to do yes, something as uh, far as the side drafting goes? Or, or uh, supposed to uh, reduce the side drafting. Uh, the front splitter uh, sticks out, I believe, another two inches. So, you know, they've got a couple of different things they're doing, uh, you know, to try to, uh, you know, make the cars more stable. And they didn't think they were going to go this fast. I can believe that. <laughs> the, because uh, the speeds, I mean, I, is it any slower at all from last year? I mean, I, I do think I remember them breaking off into the turn at like 208 or something like that, but. Uh, well, now, there's 204 mile an hour that, uh, you know, uh, Newman ran. That was average for the whole lap. That was not going into turn one. Oh, goodness. Well, going into turn one, he must have been doing 208 because, I mean, if 204 wasn't, now, that was drafting, though, right? Oh, uh, there were other cars on the track. Uh, that's why it's going to be hard to say what's going to happen uh doing a single car qualifying later this afternoon. Okay. Well, anything different were the Xfinity cars because they, they go first. They uh, they qualified this morning. I don't have any results. Uh, they, no, they, they just finished uh, a few minutes ago. Do you have any, you know who won the poll or anything? Or uh, No, I don't. Okay, that's fine. Well, they run at 1 o'clock and uh, that's one I'm going to have to record because I've got a, you're dealing with your 100 foot tree and I'm dealing with a bunch of about a hundred trees that uh each shed something in the yard so uh we've all got our cleanups to do um nelson i i can't say again how great it was to see you last week and sitting there at applebee's uh when you pulled out your lug nut and showed it to uh to ronnie i know he'd been wanting we'd been talking about that and and had been wanting to see that for a long time uh it's just uh it, it was just great to have you there and i know I finally figured out why he picks uh, Keselowski all the time. It, when I looked in the mirror and Nelson was following me, he's in a red Ford, uh, I mean a white Ford that if it, it had blue twos on it and said Miller Lite, it would look exactly like Keselowski's car. Yeah, well, uh, 
Oh, I guess it was 10 or 12 years ago, uh, we were up at Milwaukee uh, for the uh, Bush for Xfinity race, and Brad didn't have a ride, and we're standing there talking, uh, and he's almost wants to cry. He said, you know, I need to be out there. I know I could do it. I, you know, I wish I was out there. And, uh, you know, I gave him a pep talk and said, you know, uh, you'll get it. Just bide your time a little bit. And you know, two weeks later, he had a ride. So, uh, you know, Keselowski comes from a great racing family, uh, a lot of history with them. Uh, you know, and uh, they're blue-collar racers. They're not, you know, both daddy bought the ride type deal. Uh, what you see with Brad is what you get. He's real. Well, I remember his, his father was Ron, right? Uh, 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 his father was his uncle. Uh, yeah, it was one of the other. There's so many Kesselowski's here. There's Ron, there's Brian, which I believe is his brother or uncle. Uh, yeah, I know them all, but I can't keep them straight. Well, I remember seeing Ron race, um, and he was actually, he was either on the pole or on the outside of the front row at, in Columbia one night, and he uh, uh, was, they, they couldn't pronounce his name, and I guess they were having trouble with it everywhere, which is not that hard, Keselowski, but they called him Ron K, and he even had it written on the on the roof of his car. Right. Well, it's like, uh, we uh, the proper pronunciation is Keselowski, but everybody, uh, including uh, Brad, says Keselowski. Well, and I'll, I'll, I'll always have a soft part place in my heart for him because he won his first big race in a, in a Spartanburg car with that crazy finish when he drove the 0-9 for Phoenix Racing uh, quite a few years ago now, but that was a, a wild finish with uh, Carl Edwards and, and I, I think Newman was involved in that too, but that was uh, I didn't, I was watching it on a tape delay and my family was asleep and I was, I didn't know that was going to happen and I screamed and woke the whole house up when he won that race. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, it was a very popular win. It was. Uh, Nelson, before we let you go, we've been celebrating the life of uh, James Hilton here today, which we lost one year ago tomorrow. And uh, Jerry Punch had some stories about him, and Alan's given some. I've told some. Greg said a little bit uh, uh, of his history with James. What Do you have any particular memory you'd like to share with us about James Hilton? Oh. I think it was 64 or 65, we're up at Watkins Glen, and Hilton was working uh, with Ned Jarrett. And they were, had a short field, so Ned said, well, Hilton, you know, uh, start my backup car. But she did. And Hilton was running pretty good. Uh, well, comes time for a pit stop. And Hilton comes in, and Ned put a locking gas cap on the car, so that was the end of Hilton's day. <laughs> And I'm surprised for for uh, for James. I, I I I alluded to that earlier. I didn't know where it happened, but uh, yeah, that James Hilton. You know, we loved him, and we miss him, and uh, and his son as well, Tweety. Um, Nelson, we're gonna let you go. We're uh, gonna take our next to last break here. I'm sorry you had to come on late, but uh, you know, couldn't couldn't make Jerry Punch stop saying great things about you. Okay, well, unfortunately, I missed hearing it, but otherwise my head might have gotten a little bit big. Well, I tell you what, go to our podcast, and uh, Lanny McKinney, who does our podcast, will have this thing up by, probably by 3 or 4 this afternoon. 
As a matter of fact, I've been listening to our shows driving home from Charlotte every day. I've been getting tired of music and hearing about the Panthers over and over and over. And uh, we've got some pretty good shows. We really do. They're, it's very entertaining. This is about our 50th or 51st show. And I, you've been on every one of them, I think. And um, you've probably been on more than me. I know I've missed a couple of them. But uh, go, go to our podcast. You know, you you're a genius. You can figure it out. Just search for it, and it pops up, and you can listen to all of our shows. Lanny's got them on there, and uh, we really have some interesting discussions, and you tell some great stories, and Greg's actually pretty comical, and uh, and you can listen to what Jerry had to say about you probably by 4 o'clock this afternoon. Okay, sounds good. Uh, you know, I'll talk to you either from uh, home or Dover next week, uh, depending on what's going on, but... Uh, Let's look forward to a good, safe race for tomorrow. I hope we always have a good, safe race. And thank you so much. And get out there and do your do your Paul Bunyan thing. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Okay, sounds good. All right, that's Nelson Crozier. And we love having Nelson and, of course, Dr. Punch. Couldn't say enough good things about him. But we're going to take a break now and come back. And uh, actually, I hope Alan's got some stuff to talk about because we've uh, used him for filling in left and right here. And I don't... He's got his legal pad here and got things checked off, so I don't know how much he's got left to say, but we'll find out. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. For years now, we've been telling you about Palmetto Spirit's tremendous wine selection. We've told you about Palmetto Spirit's carrying special, small-batch, handcrafted bourbons and whiskeys that you can't find anywhere else. But what truly sets Palmetto Spirits apart is their customer service. Jim and the entire staff knows wines and liquors and knows how to find you the perfect bottle for the perfect occasion. Palmetto Spirits. Reedville Road on Spartanburg's West Side, where customer service is the difference. This is the sound a McDonald's bag makes when you grab it. Now that just sounds like a paper bag, but to Nate, it sounds like... Because Nate hooked himself up like a champ. And proved you can save on the delicious food you crave. Wake up to the freshly prepared McChicken Biscuit or the sweet and savory taste of the new Chicken McGriddles. Just $1.59 each. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Business owners, have product or material you need moved, shipped, stored? Upstate Logistics in Spartanburg has the expertise in transportation and warehousing you're looking for in Spartanburg County and beyond. For over a decade, Upstate Logistics has provided businesses with storage and logistics services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. Upstate Logistics, proud to be a part of our community, serving Spartanburg County and beyond since 2005. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and inventory moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. That's UpstateLogistics.com. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. The Beacon has served over 300 menu selections of burgers, barbecue, chicken, fish, and more for over 70 years. Jerry, what's been the most popular? Chili cheese, I plant I need flounder. Cheeseburger like a burger, make it cry. Give me a bacon with no trim. <laughs> Had a feeling you'd say that. Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John D. White Senior Boulevard in Spartanburg. I plant I. Open Mic Daily is now in its second decade talking sports in Spartanburg. Hi, is anyone there? 
How do we explain our longevity? Clean living for one. A keen grasp of reality. We cover Spartanburg and Spartanburg County first. Weekday afternoons at 3 on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. And welcome back to Start Your Engines. And uh, these little yellow buttons down here turn the mics off when you're not on the, when you're not talking. So I've, I got to remember to do that too. I want to point out that Ronnie Black, who couldn't be with us here, uh, Ronnie uh, Ronnie Black, who couldn't be with us here today, has been uh, texting me and helping me out and bawling me out. And I got to mention that he actually won the last uh, the Richmond race. Uh, I, I, was it Richmond? Yeah, he had a he had Truex which we mentioned last week, but the updated uh, point standings are uh, Greg's got three, Ronnie's got one, Nelson's got one, and Alan and I are yet to scratch. So uh, we've. Uh, I'm going to turn it back over to Alan here to see if he had any of his, uh, any more local stuff. I know we've used him a lot this morning filling in here and there, and uh, if you've got anything left, let her rip. Well, like I said, Biggest thing we're going to have today is going to be this limited sportsman race over here at Cherokee Speedway. Uh, paying a lot of good money there. We got $1,550 to a limited sportsman. Well, it's actually two cars, Danny Tesnier and Ricky Green, who have already won a race over there, can get that money. But there's another $300 to a new bonus, to a new winner over tonight. And uh, this stuff, of uh, don't get me wrong, I like people putting up money. But whenever you start putting up money, sometimes, just kind of like uh, last night at TR, they had a $500 bounty on Wally Fowler. Everybody's been listening to Wally Fowler. Me call out Wally Fowler here at Travis Ridge Speedway for the last three or four weeks. So, so somebody put up $500 for a new bounty, you know, a new winner over at Travis Rest, and uh, Michael Barbary went in there and picked it up. But, you know, they... There's two or three things that's good and bad about putting bounties out on people. Sometimes it gets a lot of good cars tore up. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, I like to see, a, you know, I go there to win the race, but sometimes, you know, as long as we have a good race, that's all that matters to me. I like seeing competition. I like seeing good drivers. Uh, we've been having a few good races over at Cherokee Speedway between uh, Danny and uh boy out of Carolina Speedway up there. His name's Brandon Dockery. Them boys been running really close to each other. And, you know, I got a few tire marks on the side of my car, but nothing nothing to, you know, really disturb me about. I don't think you can keep from getting a few tire marks. I mean, it is a dirt track and, and close quarters. Yeah. Danny, Danny always said that, you know, I like racing. I don't like getting out front and leading every lap and stuff like that. And, but, you know, sometimes, you know, that's just the way things are, but I like seeing a lot of good racing, too. When are we going to have Danny on the show? Uh, he's going to be on here pretty soon. I'll try to line up him, and I'll line up Wally Fowler for us. And I tell you, your brother. And my this, brother. This would have been a good week to have your brother. I mean, I don't know what he's doing, but they're well, off this week. Well, they off this week, but guess what? My brother went to the Mayo Clinic down in Jacksonville, Florida to have his back operated on, but that was not a go. They all were going to do is put shots in his back, and they said that's about the best he's going to be the rest of his life. So, he uh, he's kind of got off the road a little bit as far as going to the racetrack and stuff like that, but 
he said the other day that they'd like to get him back out on the road. And he told them, you know, as far as him sitting in an airplane and stuff like that, flying across the country, it just don't don't work out. So I texted yesterday afternoon. I said, how'd things go? And they called the operation off, said that's uh, just going to give him a shot and send him back to the house. And he does he live in Charlotte? No, he actually lives up there where Junior Johnson lived in they call it Ingle Holler. Okay, I know where it is. And uh, he actually lives up on top of the hill there. As a matter of fact, he can still look down at the shops, uh, at the old Junior Johnson shops at the bottom of the hill. Well, that's cool. And that's a nice spread. I mean, oh, yeah. You sit right there on the highway. Yep. He, uh, Big he just, fence. He just sits up there. He said that he, I asked him about coming back to Spartanburg, and he said he didn't care nothing about coming. He loves the mountains up there. Well, We'd love to have him on the show by phone. I won't make him travel. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't do anything to inconvenience anybody, but if he can reach over and answer the phone, we'd love to have him on the show. All right. I'll see what I can do. I got a connection there. <laughs> I know you do. Greg, what you got, yeah, buddy? Well, like I say, uh, Alan, like getting uh, uh, Mike, Alan's brother, uh, sometimes you have physical things like that. I don't relate that a whole lot. They, they get you to the house. And they don't want to cut on you no more and everything, which is the best process. But he's got some, the stuff we want to talk about goes back so far with Walter, Junior Johnson, Brewer. I mean, we can go on for years and years talking about it. And a lot of people remember it. Still a lot of people remember it. That's the kind of stuff that Mike can add to the show. And he could probably do half the season of shows and we still wouldn't scratch the surface. And he's still doing it. And he's still doing it. And that, he's still, you got a winning family. I mean, he, the you win every week just about at Cherokee, and uh, he, 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 you can keep it. He, and he's got two or three, uh, two out of three or something like that with the IMSA, with the, the, the Cadillac uh, exotic sports cars. And that's just fantastic. Yeah. I mean, he, uh, Mike Hill is literally, and I'm not saying it's because the brother's sitting right here, Junior Johnson, tell you anybody, Jerry Punch will tell you. Mike Hill was like the 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 car chief, the crew chief. Sometimes the car chief. You know, they started having to hang names on people there at one time or another, and but everybody knows who was really working on that race car. One of them, one of them sits up there and looks pretty, and I ain't throwing off on nobody. But I'm just saying it. Well, you know, Daryl Walter, we had him on about three weeks ago. And he said Mike Hill never got the uh, the credit that he deserved, and uh, and he he really sang Mike Hill's praises. He did. He he really did. It just uh, there's a lot of somewhere along the line he was supposed to have got one of them awards or something. And I go as far as say some of the people they put in the Hall of Fame if they haven't. And me and Alan was talking about this before we come on air. Uh, if when you start looking at crew chiefs and this, that, and whatever. Somewhere, uh, Mike Hill ought to be considered on the list. There is no doubt about that. I think Jerry Punch would agree. Uh, ben, if if his, if his brother right here get him on a show here in a few weeks, uh, he's going to be a fascinating guest. Well, you know, we need a category, and they may have a category, uh, for... You know, crew members or, or, I mean, like Nelson, good grief. Everybody that comes on here talks about, you know, and, and, and almost almost ad nauseum we talk about how smart Nelson is, but he is, you know, and he's done all this stuff and he's done it for 50 years. You know, he, he, he deserves to be in somebody's Hall of Fame. And uh, 
And you guys know these other people better than I do. I, you know, as far as Mike Hill, I remembered Mike Hill. It jogged my it jogged my memory when uh, Alan mentioned that his brother used to be with Junior Johnson. And I went, oh, yeah, that Mike Hill. So, I mean, there's so many talented talented people that, that maybe haven't gotten the credit they deserve um, that should get it. I, honestly, not because he's sitting here, but, you know, Greg and Daryl Moore. You know, there, there's just a lot of people that won a lot of races and built a lot of motors that uh, that don't get the credit they deserve. Hey, I agree with that on a lot of things. I would say, like Daryl, uh, Daryl more so than me. But the thing is, we forget about Mike Hill. He is from Spartanburg. So once again, that shows Spartanburg where the good racing people come from. But there you are. The criteria of the museum... They need to open it up a little bit different. They can adjust that thing and honor people in different spots. That's and what draw I'm saying. more people. Yeah. And as far as Nelson, Nelson should have done been not necessarily, you know, with the Junior Johnsons and the Lee Petties and Richard and that, but he needs to be in one of them categories of, of an engineering expertise. Yeah, know. technical. Technical. Technical that, Hall of Fame. If you know, if that a technical thing, he uh, Jerry Punch said he's the first one supposed to go in, and uh, yeah, they. I think they'll get around to it, and once they do, you're going to draw more people into it because that's what it's, it's like. Buzz McKim said it's a growing identity. It, 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 a proper museum grows, and uh, I'm sure. The gentleman we've had on here before, I, I can't recall. He's doing a great job there all the time looking at different ways of doing it. And NASCAR's trying, believe it or not. And uh, well, it's, just, it's, it's, just a, uh, it's, it's just a great thing. But, yeah, I'd, I'd love, I just got, well, I just got a phone with my brother, Brandon. He had called up here. And uh, I told him to call after the show. And I told him, I said, Brandon, we need to get you on the show. He done a lot of engineering stuff when we ran the Trans Am cars and just had started into the small block in NASCAR. And a uh, very intelligent person, uh, growed up me and Perry, and they, they they were forced to have to play with me, but they didn't seem to mind it too much. But uh, he can tell you some stuff he's done if I can get him to tell it. But, well, we uh, sent you home bleeding quite a few times, too. Yeah, but... <laughs> it, but yeah. Well, the big crash. We had a big crash. Well, and, uh, bicycle race. Uh, and it wasn't bad or nothing. But I had more fun. Let me put it this way. Y'all never sent me home hurt. I might have a skint. Or my feelings might have got hurt. But it wasn't enough to where it caused any kind of chaos. Well, I think it made you a better person. It did. It really did. Well, you know, and as far as uh, talking Hall of Fames and who deserves to be where and I know they have. They give out Marconi Awards for broadcasters, and uh, and I don't know how much they're deserved. I know Mike and Mike got one, and they were on for years, and maybe they deserved it. I, I'm sure they did. Uh, but, you know, as far as racing broadcasters, I don't know if there's a specific Hall of Fame for something like that or not. But, you know, Jerry Punch would be in it. Uh, Winston Kelly, how many years has he spent on pit road? People like Sid Collins at Indianapolis and uh, Jim McKay, you know, that did so many Indianapolis 500s. Dick Bergen. Dick Bergen, absolutely. Hey, and the one that, that was going to come on the show, uh, one that had his own show, he's been on the show before, I, I can't escape 
had wind tunnel. Oh, Dave Despain. Dave Despain. Everybody knows Dave Despain. And he wanted to come on the show. And he just, but he's he, wrong. What he told you was wrong. What he said, nobody cared. Didn't he say something like nobody cared about what he has it, to say? So kind of like that. Well, I mean, we do care because that's what we do. I know that. We do history. And I hope, I hope Dave Despain's listening because, you know, he's had two, two or three good radio shows. He's at the racetrack. Wind Tunnel was a great show. Oh, he's just, just. I couldn't wait to get home or whatever just to just to watch it. Late Sunday and he, night, and he covered other stuff too. He done a lot like Perry's uh, template of of covering, you know, open wheel and Formula One. And he that loved stuff. motorcycles. Exactly, exactly. You, you loved know, motorbikes. And uh, but he basically he, he just didn't want to come on the show because he said I haven't really been in contact following NASCAR enough. He doesn't need to be. We got we got Nelson Crozier to tell us what's happening today. Right. We need Dave Spain to tell us what we forgot. Well, basically what he was a nice way of trying to say is he didn't feel that he, he deserved to be on there, and that's dead wrong. Yeah, you need to make another we run of him. We'd love to have him on. You need to make a run. And, and I, I mean, we shouldn't probably be, t- be talking like this on the air, uh, on the air, you and I, but uh, w- with all the connections you got, I, I mean, what's the chances of getting somebody like Ken Squire? I mean, Ken Squire, I'd, God, what, a, what a catch that oh, would be. Oh, Lord. I mean, so, that there are people out there that done so much for not just NASCAR, but just like Jerry Punch, for all of all the racing and football. Now, this was something. Eli Gold went on pit road. Eli Gold. He is the voice of the Alabama Crimson Tide. That's correct. And at the same time, for a while, he was doing a nighttime radio show on NASCAR, going to the races. Perfect voice. Loved everybody. Loved him to death. And I'm going to say something I ain't supposed to probably say, but I'm just going to hypothetically. This is just hypothetically. Don't Nobody ain't take anything personal. But what if Jerry Punch, when he decides to slow down a little bit, which hopefully is never, what if we had somebody like Jerry Punch as the voice of one of our local football teams around here? Uh, I believe that would kind of help, wouldn't it? Well, you know what? As I said earlier, and I looked him up, and he's a year, he's a year younger than me. So he's four years older than you. Which, I mean, he's 65 years old. Is that, are you trying to wind down, or do you want, are you trying to to maintain the status quo, or you or do you want to retire? Or, or, or do you want a new gig? You know, it might be. It might be too late for him. To, that's a lot of travel, a lot of preparation to be a play-by-play guy. Ask Ryan Clary. Uh, you know, he's doing Spartan oh, High yeah. and Presbyterian and, and Mark Hauser, who did what. Well, you know, that's a lot of preparation, and you got to be wanting to do it. You know, just, just because he's he's popular and everybody, you know, wants to hear him, I'm not so sure. Uh, I mean, even as a sideline reporter, he's got to be prepared. So, Oh, he's great on sidelines. Oh, he's he, a he, player, player. It's such a thought. Yeah, it, it's just a thought, and like I say, it wouldn't matter if it was the University of South Carolina, uh, a Presbyterian, Clemson, or anything like. And I'm sure they have great people that's doing it already. But just some school that does good or whatever, and say the guy that, that probably do an excellent job announcing it, going to retire, he'd be the one of perfect guys to try to approach. Yeah, if he wanted to do it, but if, if he wanted to, but at sixty-five, I got a feeling he may not want. To. I believe you're right. Perry. All right, we're going to take another break here. This will be our last one. We'll come back and uh, pretty much do what we're doing now. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. 
It's easy to jump on the internet and search for financial information. But what happens when you run into conflicting articles and need to separate fact from fiction? That is where Trent Lancaster can help. Trent is an investment professional at Janie Montgomery Scott, located in the Spartanburg office, who will take the time to answer all of your investment questions. He can help you develop a personalized financial planning strategy with the flexibility to adapt to your changing needs. Trent can also help you with estate planning, setting up trusts, income for retirement, and legacy planning for the next generation. Call Trent today for a complimentary portfolio review by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. Jerry, the Beacon opened back in 1946. How many years have we been serving great food at great prices? Hey, Plante! 70 years? How many folks are we still serving every week? Hey, Plante! Well, like you always say, I like my job, but I love my customers. But can you say something other than hey, Plante? All it! Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John White Boulevard in Spartanburg, where the food is still always good since 1946. Every now and then, we need to get away and relax. And there's no better way than spending time at the lake. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, South Carolina, is the perfect place to decompress. At Watery Lake RV, enjoy full hookups, a bathhouse, bar and grill, and a boat ramp marina with ethanol-free gas. Hookups available on nightly, weekly, or monthly. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, where families get away. Mention Fox Sports 1400 and get 5% off your stay up to three days. Call 803-273-3013. I've seen the bookmarks on your computer. Gmail, Google. Where are we? Why are we not bookmark worthy? Go away. Don't talk to me. I hope your car radio explodes. Okay, I take it back. But please, bookmark SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. Okay, welcome back to Start Your Engines from the Beacon Driving Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and around the world on our Listen In app, 1400 AM, 98.3 FM. Uh, don't say you can't pick us up because you can pick us up any place. And, uh, and uh, I highly recommend the podcast because, as I said earlier, instead of listening to music and the same old sports talk and hearing them beat the same stuff to death. You know, I've been listening to our podcast on the way home, and I tell you, there's some funny stuff there. Greg, we, we were talking about cookie-cutter tracks. Uh, I don't even know what show it was. It was it was last year sometime when we all had an hour show, and we were talking about cookie-cutter tracks, and one of them had a rough spot in it, and uh, Greg says, uh, well, that was a, a, it was a cookie-cutter track, but there must have been a chocolate chip left there in that spot, and... Uh, which was making it kind of rough, but you know, it, there's uh, it's some good listening. Well, the bottom line is, is it is it's kind of a nice way to tell the truth about about some race tracks, and and everybody's got different opinions. I've always felt like the track's difficult. Then you bring out the best in the driver. Now we don't want a dangerous race track or nothing, but it's just like Darlington, too tough to tame. Well, it's it's easier to get around there now because you know they they've done a few things. But still, 
you go up there and be in the booth or something. They'll run them first few laps. Them guys are flying. As soon as they get that good at them tires, them guys are just holding on. And uh, the type of track, now Allen tells us too, it's got to be safe but difficult. Well, you know, don't get me wrong. At, at one time, Talladega was supposed to be right here in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Oh, no. Don't. Don't get me started. <laughs> huh, don't get you started. Well, I tell you, uh, I, I wished it would have been here. I did you know. too. But uh, it went down the road, and what can I say? You know, we've had a few uh, people that just didn't want racing to come to Spartanburg for some reason, and uh, I wished it had been here. You know, don't get me wrong. We could walk just about from the house to the racetrack, and it would have been it been a good weekend for the economy of Spartanburg. Well, a couple of good weekends and maybe even more than that but what what i saw and i might have mentioned this last week or something but there was a there's a reasonably new documentary uh that some guy and i don't know who he is or where he's from and it's on youtube and it's titled uh the worst race in nascar history or something like that and it's about that first talladega race and it brought out some good points about how uh um, that was in 1969 in September. And the, there was a boycott, and I won't go through the whole story or, or everything about it because it's, it's, it's a pretty old story that we've heard before. But it did point out, and it had never really dawned on me, that uh, Jim Vanderver, who was a good friend of mine right up till he passed away, or an acquaintance, I can't say a friend, um, he... Uh, he led almost the whole race and had it won, but he didn't have a wing on his car, and it was a debut of the wing Dodge. So somehow or another, the scoring got screwed around with 20 or 30 laps to go or less, and uh, the, the car with the wing on it, driven by Richard Brickhouse, won the race. And uh, Ray Fox and Jim Vandiver said till the day they, uh, well, passed away that, you know, they, they were robbed. The reason I'm bringing this up is the guy that did this documentary talks about how they were going to build another racetrack and France wanted a big track between Charlotte and Atlanta. And so they went through all this stuff and he's got a map and a big red arrow pointing in it to Greenville. And Greenville, I've never even heard mentioned in this thing. It was always Spartanburg. It was Joe Littlejohn. And I don't know who this guy is. He probably lives in Greenville to, to, to say that. And if he's listening... Uh, you know, you got your history wrong there because it was Spartanburg. It always was Spartanburg. And uh, everybody that's our age is still mad about it, <laughs> pretty much. But you remember, it was on the front page of the Herald. In fact, in fact, there is a book by a gentleman here, and his name escapes me, but he wrote it about the history of the Spartanburg downtown airport. It's a great book. Oldest airport in the state. Lindbergh stopped here because it was the only airport in the state when he was doing his uh, tour of the country after he crossed the Atlantic Ocean. And he came here in October of 1927. But he's got a whole chapter on the uh, how the racetrack, they had several places for it, but one of them was on the grounds of the downtown airport. And uh, it's, it names names and the councilmen that were against it and the, some local realtor, he didn't want it. And, of course, it was pretty much in a... A uh, residential area, but you know, back then you had propeller planes, big four motor engines. I remember when the those big uh, um, 
transport planes from over at Donaldson Air Force Base used to do touch and goes in Spartanburg. They'd fly right over our house and shake every window. You'd think the house was going to fall down. Those things came over so low. Those globe masters, they were called. So don't tell me about noise at the race uh, that it would have caused around the airport because they had that anyway. So, oh, so anyway, you remember that, yep. I know. Yep. I mean, we got interstate systems here. We had to always, you know, I-26, I-85. They called it Crossroads of the South. So we could disperse the traffic real easy and stuff like that. Well, I don't guess it was still there. I don't know if it was there yet or not, but 295 would have been right beside the thing and Reedville Road. Yes. And there could have been some changes made to those two. Uh, 295, I mean, that leads right into 221. You know, it was just... uh, it was doable. It was it was a perfect place road over there for it, but we didn't get it. So, but that's our history. So we're gonna move on. But let's get down here to Talladega. Talladega. If y'all watched this uh, practicing yesterday, we're getting our Camaros. We're getting our Chevrolets starting to look like Chevrolets. We're getting Fords looking like Fords with the nose pieces. And if you want to watch a good race tomorrow, they should not be no bump drafting going on with the. The pointed nose on these Camaros that they look like, they are going to be fast in qualifying. I don't know what's going to happen whenever that Mustang gets out front. It's got a kind of a flatter nose to it, but they can bump draft. I've seen two boys get together. Uh, the I think it's uh, the 38 and the 34 car yesterday. They got together. As long as them two were hooked up together, they could flat turn some fast laps. And like you said, they're getting on up there. They're getting above that 200-mile-an-hour mark. So I thought that was the point, to get them below it. Well, they're going to, you know. Well, let's went, see what happens when, when one gets backwards. Uh, because, you know, they had a, a real tendency, even with those flaps and everything, they, they want to yes. turn into a kite without a tail. Well, yesterday during that practice session, uh, when cars got hooked up together, those flaps were flapping. The car behind... Just so that they was made out of carbon fiber, that they would not break apart. But they was doing something. Them boys got to. They got to do something about funneling some more air out, out from around them race cars. Well, you know, um, Nelson must know something. I mean, we talk about how smart he is all the time, but he picked Ricky Stenhouse, and uh, he is good on the on the restrictor uh, plate races. And in fact, he uh, back when he was dating Danica, I think he won two in a row. Well, so uh, he's a he's a good choice. Well, you had and he's a Ford. Yeah, he is a Ford. Plus, he's got a teammate there. Everybody's kind of forgetting about Ryan Newman. He's yep. driving that six car, and yep. he was fast yesterday. So, Jack Roush's crew up there they starting to maybe trying to find something as far as this. They kind of like this restrictor plate that they brought, but if I know NASCAR, they'll probably take it away from them. Well. They'll they'll tweak it. They'll take the wicker bill off, or you know, I, I've never heard the term wicker bill until maybe today or or this week in connection with a, a stock car. It was always be that. It's always been that little strip you put on the back of the spoiler of an Indy car or a Grand Prix car, or uh, I've even seen them put them on the front of an Indy car, a wicker bill across the front spoiler. But anyway, or the front wing. But let me recap here a little bit. Now, the, the Geico 500 is the Talladega race, the big one tomorrow. They qualify today on Fox at 440. Probably be, could be pretty entertaining unless they have found a new way to louse up qualifying that, you know, uh, I, I thought they said something like at Talladega, they were just going to send them out there and none of this playing games on pit road. You know, I don't know how that's going to work out, but uh, tune in at 440 on uh, Fox and you'll find out. The race is tomorrow at 2 on Fox. 
So got time to come home from church, grab a bite to eat, and, and plop down. If And I went to church last week, by the way, and um, it was beautiful. I'm not Catholic, but we went to the Catholic church, and we went there for Easter, my wife and my daughter, and I, uh, it was fantastic. I loved it very much. It was beautiful. Uh, but if you're not going to go to church tomorrow and you dying to see a race, uh, then at 8 o'clock on ESPN2 is the Formula One race. And um, I, I say it all the time. I put their show up against anybody. Now, the racing, that last race at China, the 1,000th race, it sucked. I mean, Lewis Hamilton sat on the outside of the front row next to his teammate and took the lead going into the first turn. And that was the lead changes for the race. The cars are beautiful. The action is is really unreal. It looks like a set from the Jetsons or something with those grandstands that they had in China. And the podium finishes are fantastic, but the racing was terrible. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I'm not familiar at all with the track in Baku, Azerbaijan. But anyway, at 8 o'clock in the morning, we can all find out on ESPN2. And, uh, and that will lead us right up to... Uh, a couple of hours, I guess, between the end of that and Talladega. That gets, that race, those races usually run about two hours, so it'll be over around ten or eleven o'clock in the morning, and you'll have time to rest up for Talladega. As I said, the Xfinity race, the Money Loan Three Hundred, is today at one o'clock at Talladega. I don't have any results of the qualifying, but of course, that's our our man um, Jeremy Clements is there, Spartanburg car, and we will all be pulling for him, and of course. I don't see a TV listing for it, but they are going four wide up in Charlotte at uh, close to probably 300 miles an hour. And um, that's loud and that's noisy and it's got to really be something to see. And the finals for that is tomorrow at 3.50. Probably on TV someplace, but I don't have it here in my listing. Here's something you might be interested in, Alan. Uh, The um, Spring Classic Federal Auto Parts... uh, Raceway at I-55 Speedway for the World of Outlaws is tonight. And Sunday, they run at Jacksonville Speedway in Jacksonville, Illinois. I didn't know there was a Jacksonville, Illinois. Yes, sir. They sure are. Uh, matter of fact... Uh, every, our, every state's got one, I think. Oh, yeah. Every every <laughs> state's got a dirt track and every state's got a Jacksonville. Jacksonville. <laughs> Jacksonville. But you've, you've heard of that? <clears throat> yes, sir. I have. Uh, matter of fact, I went to Jackson, Mississippi and raced down there one time, me and my brother. And... Uh, Got down there, and there's no motels around, and we messed around and found us a boarding home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you plan on staying a while? <laughs> well, we found us a boarding home, and we talked to the lady, and she said, you can spend one night here. And uh, that's what we done. We spent one night right there, and kind of, it's either that or sleep in a truck. And back then, our trucks was nothing but a, a one-seated truck. Well, I slept in a few trucks. I, I slept in a, a lot of cars. In fact, uh I went to Talladega. I don't know how many times and slept in a car. Yeah, and uh, at Rockingham, you know, if you love racing, you'll you sleep anywhere, sleep oh, where yeah. you can. Yep, you sure will. And uh, like I said, uh, a lot of times we we think we're gonna spend that over at Cherokee Speedway, especially when somebody protests you and you got to start tearing your motor down. It gets to be about four through four thirty five o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. before you start loading everything back up. But you know, everybody talks about getting pulled and stuff like that. At least you know once you're getting pulled, you're doing something right. Yeah, and somebody else doesn't like it. Greg, uh, you want to have a closing thought here? We got about two minutes. Okay. Well, one thing that I wanted to comment on, you know, we talk about things 
the way they were, the way they are now, what's good and what's bad. And I know me and Barry and Adam, we talked about it for years. If ARCA cars can run one or two races on dirt tracks, they can run these son of a guns if they change them. If Ned Jarrett, Richard Petty, David Pearson, Billy Wade and stuff could run those big heavy cars, the list goes on around, around a dirt track, don't nobody sit here and try to tell us that you couldn't they change everything all the time. They change the rules as they go. Put them cars on dirt. Let's, we might find out just who the real race drivers are. And you might see uh, some viewership go up. I mean, you're not going to have a dirt track with a big enough grandstand, but they're not filling the grandstands up anyway. You could use the grandstand at Cherokee Speedway for a truck race at Daytona. I mean, there's just nobody there, so don't give me that baloney about the grandstand. Yeah, we'll have a good crowd over here at Cherokee Speedway tonight. We, uh, like I said, these people sure do, you know, show up for this race. And for a good cause. And it's for a good cause. This autism awareness race, like I say, can't really say enough about that that race. I'd like to thank Scott Childers and Tony Adair for giving these people this time. And uh, Scott Childers doing a lot with Livonia Speedway and stuff. He's going to bring these World of Outlaws down here on Friday night and then probably bring them to Gaffney on Saturday night here next month. Well, that about does it for today. Uh, we had, a, I thought, a really good show. I love having Dr. Punch on. But um, I want to say one more time that we tried to show uh, in a respectful way how much we love James Hilton, how much he meant to uh, Spartanburg County, to Enman, to auto racing. To Jerry Punch, to, all of them. Uh, and I was going to say, you know, to all of his fans and the thousands of people that uh, that miss him, and Tweety, his son, and um, you know, you'll always be in our memory. And I don't know that we won't do this every year. Uh, Talladega in the spring will always remind us when we lost him, and Talladega in the hot summer will remind us when he beat Ramos Stott to win that five hundred. So. Thank you very much for listening to us today. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back next week and do it again. And remember, keep it between the fence. You've been listening to Start Your Engines. Tune in each Saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news, interviews, and guests from around the sport. To find out more or order Perry Allen Woods books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC. All rights reserved. We are Fox We're now on FM. Hear all of our programming at 98.3, Fox Sports 1400, WSPG Spartanburg. Trending now. This